0: Ah, yes, let me apologize for my late arrival, but it is time for another Hard Rock Lunchbox. I cannot believe how hard this job is to do sometimes. Like, it just, it's really, it's really ridiculous. It's just a show. It's barely a show, honestly, if you want to know it all. It's its barely a show. I, uh, I'm i running late. I actually got interrupted um, by I had some people at the house. I got interrupted Uh, in my normal flow of doing things and I am not one of those OCD people and I don't mean like those people but like I am not somebody that's OCD but I do have an order in which I do things not because my brain will go but because I'll forget stuff it's one of the reasons that like I'm Meticulous is too strong a word, but it's one of the reasons I'm very particular about the order in which I do things. Because if you do things in the same order, it's, it's much more difficult to forget a step. Now, I can do it. Believe me, I can do it. But it's, it's just it's just important. Like, I forgot, actually, I had to turn on, like, this computer right here in order to use this camera. And I forgot to pull the curtain down. Like, I had the banner. The banner was good. My banner. I got to do something about this light here. I think that's coming from there. I mean, sorry, That I think that's coming from there. I don't know which slide it is. What I really need is a production assistant. Like, somebody knows what they're doing. Like, if you ever watch, like, a real podcast and stuff like that, like a production-level podcast, like in a studio, they don't have these kind of problems. Also, everything's all set up to work, which is something I am completely unfamiliar with. But anyway, I apologize, and that's my excuse. But I am here now. I believe I'm broadcasting. Uh, hopefully, the chat will tell me if I'm not broadcasting and just talking to myself because it's not like that it hasn't happened before. So we'll just kind of make sure we we keep going. I have so much stuff to talk about. Like I, I have screwed up so royally today. I also didn't I didn't completely pull the music I was supposed to do today. I'm going to try and do that during the show. So. Just bear with me a little bit, I suppose. Um, man, I had stuff I wanted to talk about, too, and I totally forgot all about them. Uh, I was going to talk about my, my my earbuds. you see this? My menuendo earbuds. I was actually going to talk about them, but I guess I can talk about it next week because I don't have them with me right now. Um, not a sponsor. Uh, I was going to talk all about customer service, so I guess I could just put that file. This is how we file here at the box. I'm going to put this file over here. Yay. All right. So we can do some basic housekeeping, right? Um, So last week, oh, the Top 20 is out today, the brand new episode of Top 20, episode 69. Get your mind out of the gutter. Uh, It's just a number in between 68 and 70. Uh, whatchamacallit, we were doing about uh, we were talking about all the Chris Rock stuff and all that other stuff. I thought it was actually a pretty good episode, so I mean I recommend checking it out, but I'm the host. It's my show. I always recommend checking it out. And of course, check out all the good things going on over at Strangerhood TV, like they're doubling up on their bacon this month, which is just bananas because it's like way way too much. Way too much bacon. Um... So they're okay so their full interview with Lauren from Beard Al podcast is or yeah, podcast is out <laughs> and Haley Michelle is the paranormal princess that one's out too. They have seven questions with Alex Bean who I don't know and seven questions with Michael Scarabino. Is that the Scarabino from from like here like formerly of Scarabino like I know Michael uh, and quiet. I think that's his band. Yeah, with the exclamation point. That sounds familiar. Check that out. Obviously, I'm a little far behind because I have not checked that out. I actually took a rare opportunity to go out uh, last night and see a band. I caught uh, just just I, I, I was able to get in and get out for the crash transit crash transit set last night at KJ Barrels. It's always good seeing them. Um, I have to say, like I I've always thought the same thing about about that band Uh, it's it's my buddy Jimmy G's band if you don't know um or his his other band uh and Phil um I'm just drawing a blank on his last name. I'm sorry. I'm just having a real tough thing. Tough, tough morning uh, pulling my stuff together. Usually I'm a little more focused, if you can believe that. Uh, But the thing with uh, Crash Transit that I always find very interesting is that all of them, all five of them, are very, very accomplished musicians, like in their own right. Like they're all very, very good. Um, I'm. I can't really think of an analogy to it, but like if you took a band like, say, like Dream Theater, where everybody is like like one of the best at their musicianship, then every time something is executed, is just executed well, like really, really well. Like there aren't really mistakes when a band like that is together, and I've always liked that about them. I liked it about the record. I liked it about the performance and stuff. But it was really nice to actually just be able to get out, and uh, at the risk of sounding like a 98-year-old man, the fact that it was at 745 on a Wednesday made it actually possible i actually had to thread the needle between work meetings i finished work and i and i got out and i was able to go and then i was able to get back just in time for another meeting and it just it just kind of worked out you know i'd like to go to those things more often because i like these bands and i sure, certainly like supporting them uh but i realized when i was there like it, it's been since pre-covid since i've been in KJs, it's been a very very long time uh, and of course they've but canceled the Long Island Rock unplugged thing there, so they're not—they're just not doing that anymore. So I haven't been down there in a while. But it was good to get out, and it was good to see those guys. Uh, I do highly recommend checking out um, Crash Transit if you get the—if you get the option. I—but uh, that is why—that uh, is one of the reasons why, one of the myriad reasons why I did not get to do any of the prep for the Hard Rock Lunchbox today. So pardon me. I will make it up to you next time. Probably not. Uh, So that's that. Uh, Upcoming shows. Um, We are going to be quiet for a little while. Uh, Rebel 9, that is. Uh, We have something brewing for June 25th. I put out a save the date. I would highly recommend if you are a Rebel 9 fan to do that. Uh, We're going to be doing something... Probably once in my lifetime that I'm going to do uh, something. Rebel Nine has never done before, something I don't expect Rebel Nine to ever do again. And we're going to make an evening out of it. So uh, any true any Rebel Nine fan, like I really think, should be there. It'll be it'll be cool, and we'll make it worth your while. So just mark that on your calendar if you can. That would be appreciated. Uh, and our next live show looks like it's going to be in July. It's going to be in Queens, um, but I will keep you posted on that as well. Details are literally unfolding today on that one. So I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, For everybody that's a big fan of the Jersey Shore Fest, I have confirmation from Spags that it's actually not happening this year. Um, That's unfortunate. I wish that wasn't the case. I don't think that it's dead. I do think it's possibly going to resurface maybe the following year. I heard from Spags, who is now not in Jersey anymore, uh, but he 's basically saying like it 's really hard to get these clubs to kind of do this, especially for free, because they 're all still really struggling, and they need a really good solid summer to kind of pull this back together. So I expect maybe 2023. I messaged Motor Media to see if they, you know, if Indian was going to do anything specific either. I have not heard back from them, but at least I heard back from Spag. So, of course, I'll keep you posted. It's one of my favorite shows of the year, too, so I will let you know. But it looks like it is a no-go for 2022, which is the opposite of this sound. Sorry about that. Um, Yeah. So, yes, the chat is good. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, good. Uh, what else? Blah, blah, blah. So that's it. Yeah. So Top 20 is out today. Please like, uh, subscribe, and share. Uh, again, I'm going to start pushing that a little bit more um, with social media, like probably even advertising just to see what happens with it. Who knows? Anytime I seem to share it effectively, I get a lot more feedback on it and a lot more views. So it might be worth doing. Um I'm still. I would be very happy to, to um, very happy to take on like a social media director, but I can't afford to pay anybody, so probably not going to get a social media director because that's how that goes. <laughs> Woo! Everybody working for free at the box. Working for free at the box. Um, so I, I did kind of get some news. Um, I mean, there was a couple things. Obviously, just to follow up, like can whole will smith chris rock thing looks like it's dying out now which is kind of what you would expect a week of sensationalism and of course once we talk about it here on the box does it even exist probably not uh will smith has formally apologized all that other stuff he's resigned from the academy as he should uh the funniest thing i've seen in relation to it i guess it was at the grammys over the weekend where lavar burton introduced the comedian nate uh bargazzi and he said like okay up next is a comedian so you know what that means you know Everybody, please stay in your seats and keep your hands to yourself. And then Nate Bargazzi came out in a big, giant helmet. (laughs) Because that's what comedians have to do now. And I thought that was funny. I definitely thought it was too soon. But, like, I like too soon. Like, that should have been immediate. Like, honestly, if somebody had come out later on at the Oscars with a big helmet on, like, I would have been laughing my ass off harder than I was laughing at the Jada joke. But that's just me. Um... I don't need to get all super political, but in social and, I guess it's kind of political news, um, the governor of Michigan, who, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, who is a Democrat, she was the one that was actually the target of a, what are those, militias, like they had a plan to like kidnap her, like does anybody remember that? Well, that's that's Gretchen Whitmer, she's, she's the uh, Democratic governor of Michigan, um, she's actually doing a really, really good job, and what she's doing right now, I found to be interesting, and the only, and it's really the only reason I'm bringing it up. Um, as you know, like whatever your take is on uh, abortion in this country, like whatever side you're on, like it's not for me to it's not for me to say. And that's always been kind of my position. Like I have my position; you can have your position. I tend not I tend to not tell people what to do. I just tell them what I think, and uh, kind of let them roll with that. Um, but a lot of states, uh, in fact, it even says here. Uh, Texas, Arizona, Kentucky, and Idaho have moved to restrict abortion access in their states on Tuesday, and this was a big one on Tuesday, The Oklahoma legislature gave the green light to a bill that would make performing an abortion a felony punishable by up to ten years in prison. The only exception to the proposed legislation is the life of the uh, is is if the life of the mother is in danger right so that 's no exceptions for rape or incest that 's no uh, pre-heartbeat exceptions, none of that stuff, right? They're just saying flat out, uh, you get pregnant and you get an abortion, that's a felony. So, apparently the father is fine. The father can just like, blah, dump inside whoever he wants. See, I'm a big believer that if you, if you impregnate a woman, that she has the right to actually just ask you for $10,000. Like, why don't we do that? You know, I think condom sales will go through. But that's, that's my take. You know, aside from whatever I believe about abortions and stuff like that, I just think the incredible uh, d- disparity of uh, or inequity of, of blame is just is just absolutely tremendous. Like you're absolutely forcing a woman to do something with her body as someone like that, ha- you know, has always been taught like you just you can't force a woman to do stuff with her body. Right. Like that's, you know. On one side, that's that's rape. <laughs> that's uh, literally. You know, besides, I have a teenage daughter. Like, you have any idea how hard it is to force a woman to do anything? Hey, about it. Let me get an applause for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's that's my take. But I just I just find it I just I just find it remarkable that everybody just land like uh, everything just lands on the woman like it's all the woman's fault like. Like, health is still required in school right like we know how babies are made like you need a little bit of that magic juice to <laughs> to form one of those babies you know where that comes from it's so funny that the, so many of the people that are still arguing this kind of stuff are are the same people that are like really upset about defining a you know a man and a woman versus a male and a female like it yeah it takes a male it takes a male to make a baby still Feels like there should be some punishment on that side if we're going to do this. But no, let's just keep punishing the women because it's the 1800s and this is Salem, Massachusetts. Why not? Anyway, what I actually liked about what I was reading today, or read very briefly, is um, so Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer announced on Thursday, that's today for those of you playing at home, that she is requesting that the state's Supreme Court make a decision on the constitutionality of abortion. Now, there is no case pending in the Michigan State Court, but Michigan is a very purple state, and even though they have a Democratic governor, there is a lot of right-leaning, right-leaning and ideological-leaning people in Michigan, and the reason she's doing it is thusly. Uh, according to uh, Whitmer's Whitmer's office, she's using a power she has as governor known as the executive message to request that Michigan's Supreme Court take the question of whether the procedure is constitutional out of the state's trial courts and make it its own decision. Quote, if Roe is overturned, which... Uh, I guarantee guarantee you is coming. Absolutely. Because you want to talk about activist judges, you have years and years and years of precedence. And now they just appointed a bunch of judges that don't agree with years and years and years of precedence. And they want to do it that way. So they're going to change the law of the land. By the way, that is the definition of activist judge. So whatever you've just heard about Kentaji Brown... She's not an activist judge. She just didn't answer the way that they wanted. She didn't answer the way the Republicans wanted. So they've labeled her as such. An activist judge is somebody that actually takes the law and takes precedent and decides they don't like it personally and are going to do something else. So if anybody asks you what an activist judge is, feel free to tell them you heard about it on the Hard Rock Lunchbox, and you can say what I just said, and you'll be 100% right in the face of somebody dumber than you are. Yeah. All right. So... We can just go with that. All right. Anyway, so she keeps going. Uh, quote, if Rose overturned, abortion become illegal in Michigan in nearly any circumstance, including cases of rape and incest, incest and deprive Michigan women of the ability to make critical health care decisions for themselves. That's fair, right? Get the state Supreme Court, decide what's what's on it. And the reason it's a problem is – let me just find it um, – so, because on the books in Michigan uh, is this: in Michigan, a 1931 law criminalizing abortion, except when the life of mother life of the mother is at risk, is still on the books. However, the 1973 landmark abortion case Roe v. Wade blocks 1931 law and legalizes abortion in the state. Now, that is super, super important. And to be perfectly honest, I. Don't necessarily have a problem with states being able to make these decisions for themselves, but it's not exactly a states' rights issue because it's a citizens' issue, which makes it a federal issue. Like, you can go back and forth, like the Federalist Papers, but. This wasn't specifically mentioned in it, so it's up for interpretation. But when Roe v. Wade came out in 73, a lot of states had rules on the books about abortion. And they just became null and void. So if Roe v. Wade is un- overturned, which, like I said, probably by the end of this session or this term, it's going to be, all those laws magically come back into effect. And that's super dangerous. Uh, people are talking, like in Texas, about the, the recent law about how you're able to... Um, you're able. To, private citizens are able to sue anyone that uh, aids in an abortion, which is a bananas workaround the the law. But it's completely legal. Like and and legal not in the sense that it's good. Legal in the sense that that's how the law works. Right. Sometimes things aren't the way you want it. But if that's the way the law is written and that's the way the law is interpreted. And that's the way the law goes, right? Like, you know, you have like dry counties still in Nebraska and Oklahoma. There's stupid laws in the books. If you ever watch those things, like, you're not allowed to table dance on a Saturday afternoon or whatever. You know, whatever the rules are. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't don't know, because I'm not a lawyer, I don't know how all these things get in there, but I do know that you have a law and then you can have another law that countermands it, but, like, you have to kind of go through these things. So people in Texas, like all these groups, all these women's groups are complaining in Texas, like, what are we supposed to do? And, like, all the states around them are now outlawing abortion, so people that do require abortions, especially in the case of rape and incest, can't, 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 can't get one. And my answer to that is like, yeah, man, that's kind of too bad because that is where you're living and you need to do more to do that to to, to handle that situation in your state and I don't want to put the blame on the victim that's not what I'm doing I'm just saying what did you expect was going to happen like they've been trying to do this since 1973 like how much warning do you actually need and I think it's really smart that somebody like uh, Gretchen Whitmer is actually kind of being proactive about it and really wants to address it before this comes down because the writing is absolutely in the wall and you know the the tea leaves are definitely showing it. There is no way this that this six three court is going to not overturn at least most of Roe v Wade. So that is gone. That is why states like New York are looking into like adding a constitutional amendment to our state constitution to protect those rights. And honestly, I think it's fine. Like my my stance, like I said, has always been like if you don't want an abortion, don't get one. Like you don't want a tattoo, don't get one of those either. And people are like, oh, we got to fight for you know children's lives and whatever unborn babies like listen if you honestly think that there's not other babies and children and people that need your help then you're just not paying attention and you're being a huge hypocrite and if you're worried about the kingdom of god not accepting these people nobody needs you to save their soul nobody nobody needs you specifically to do it like that was jesus's job and if you want to be a complete asshole about it and you know i'm totally up for the challenge the whole deal like jesus died for your sins you read the Bible. Jesus died for your sins. You are covered. If you're worried about the kingdom of God, that's my take on it. I don't have a direct line with Jesus, but like you know, we speak every now and then. Like he's in a couple of songs. And like uh, he's a good dude, or chick, or whatever. I don't really know. It's kind of an androgynous thing. It's not a sexual relationship at all. But listen. It's important to keep in mind, like what's going on here. And I did not have any intention of spending the entire top twenty talking about abortion rights. What I really wanted to talk about was my incredibly bad uh, experience with Amazon customer service earlier today. And I wanted to talk about uh, Elon Musk. <coughs> excuse me, Elon Musk and Twitter. <coughs> excuse me. Um, I think Elon Musk is a huge, huge asshat. Like, I really do. I appreciate some of the stuff he does, but as, a, as an individual and as a person, he's literally the plutocrats that are ruining a lot of the country. And we can talk about that because I printed out a lot about his bullshit on Twitter because he's talking about how he wants free speech to be, like, absolute and stuff like that. Like, yeah, man, we all do. But we also need free speech to not be lies, slanders, and all those other things, stuff that Elon Musk likes to play in. I mean, he has literally slandered hundreds of people on Twitter. You're not allowed to do that. Like, he called one of the dudes that, like, rescued a child in the, I think it was like the Thailand caves or cave mining disaster, called him a pedophile on Twitter. He has 80 million followers. What happens if I have 80 million followers and I'm like, you know, Elon Musk is a pedophile? Now, I have seven followers, but, like, if I'm just like, hey, man... I heard he's a pedophile, and I keep saying that. You think that's going to be good, or you think that's going to be bad, or is that just my my right to say it? I'm not saying it sarcastically. I'm not saying it uh, in a parody way. I'm telling you, Elon Musk is a pedophile. How's that? Free speech? Of course. Is it protected free speech? Nope. And that is the thing that Twitter has been trying to do. And now that he's a 10 percent stakeholder in Twitter, people are calling to have him reinstate Donald Trump so Donald Trump can go on and complain and whine and bitch about how the election was stolen from him in 2020, even though there is still no evidence in every single court case has been thrown out. So even if you're not a believer in that sort of thing and you don't believe in, like, you know, and you're a true believer of, like, that the election was actually stolen, just realize that there are absolutely no facts and evidence, so you might as well go ahead and believe in a flat earth, because that is just as likely. In fact, even more likely, because flat earth stuff, it's never actually been to court, but all the Trump stuff has. At some point, you gotta stop. At some point, there are facts that we agree upon. At some point, you can't just keep shouting out stuff that isn't true. Even on Twitter. But, I guess when you're the world's richest man, which apparently Elon Musk is, you get to say whatever you want. And that, my friends, is the world's largest problem, because oligarchs and plutocrats and all these rich people should not really be dictating everything you think, everything you know, and shaping the world in their image, because honestly, most of them are assholes. And I promise I will try and be the hugest asshole I can be the moment I get enough FU money. And that is my segue for today.